Welcome to the Two Mutts Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. <laughs> Rick White, here's Radulov with a kiss. Scores! One timer, scores! Perry scores! Corey Perry! Here's Drysdale again, turns, shoots, scores! Austin Matthews in shoots, Austin Matthews! Schultz ahead, Crosby onside, behind the fence towards the net, he scores! Back across, fired, score! Crosby again! Tames with a shot, he scores! Tames shoves it front, they score! Jonathan Tames ties it! Look at that! Are you watching this? What a brilliant piece of work from Connor McDavid! Wow. Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. I'm with Trevor Ruptash, Rupper. How's it going? Good, good. That's good. When uh, we're with Clay Vanderham, Vandy, how's it going? Vandy is dandy. He's nice. And we got the closer, AK Brody McIntyre. Rhodes, how's it going? Going great, buddy. Good day today. Sun shines. It's gorgeous out. No complaints on my end, pal. Yeah, the weather's been great. The weather has been unreal. So, uh, yeah, Ruppers, you want to talk about who we have on the podcast today? Uh, you have a connection to uh, our our guest. Yeah, and you know, it was a great, it was a great interview. Um, Yoni Nieminen. Um, f- for people that don't know who he is, he's a, a Finnish-born Edmontonian that's a freelance writer. Um, gets a lot of interviews with a lot of the Finnish guys and man, some of the stories he was telling us were just unbelievable. So I, I think you guys will like it and kind of, you know, we want to switch, switch gears a little bit and not always get, you know, uh, the NHL superstar or the agent or the TSN personality. I think it's nice that we're starting to get, you know, some other guys uh, from Edmonton. Yeah, some freelancers, NHL storytellers. That's a great interview and uh, touched on a lot of good topics. I think a lot of people will be definitely uh, pretty happy to hear. And, you know, there's a bit of a surprise that he comes with some hot takes too. So, which is always good. It's good for uh, the ratings, good for the podcast. So, you know, uh, yeah. Any takeaways from the interview, uh, Vandy? Well, I think most of, uh, the, our Twitter followers have, have noticed we, you know, we kind of stumped them at the end with what, what was the greatest moment in Finnish history. I think that was kind of neat. Um, no, I mean, I had the pleasure of meeting Yoni. Uh, I think it was the summer after he was done playing with Trevor and stuff. Uh, his, our kids were in the U of A three on three hockey school and whatever. And I, Trevor, mentioned him and I, I went up I introduced myself and just right away I could um, yes great guy great storyteller I would imagine I, I he didn't tell me any stories then but just you could just tell by his fluent conversational habits that he had and Broads any takeaways from the interview yeah he's a fence sitter man wouldn't even answer the question he's the best fit <laughs> but you know what? He's your typical. You ever met a bad Finnish person ever? Typical, like awesome. Seems like I never met the guy. Seems no, like a great that. human for sure. No, for sure. Yeah. So uh, we'll uh, no. Without further ado, we'll get to the Yoni Neminen interview now. Right. <laughs> 
Welcome to the Two Muts Podcast. Um, it's a pretty special night tonight. We got a legend freelance reporter, Yoni uh, Nieminen. Yoni, how are you tonight? Uh, thank you. Really, I'm really well. Well, how are you guys? Good to see you. Yeah, no, good, we're good. good. Yeah, uh, we're good. Yeah, good. Good to have you. Oh, uh, thanks. So, Yoni, I want to give uh, everybody a kind of a quick uh, little history lesson of how we met. Um, our sons played spring hockey probably five years ago. Would you say that's correct? I think it was four years ago. Four years ago? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm getting old. Not as old as you, but I'm pretty yeah. close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I ended up coaching um, a spring team that was put together kind of one spring and it was a mix of kids from mill woods and a mix of kids from the confet area and uh, i was lucky enough to get to coach uh yoni's son aiden um and i quickly fell in love with the kid and that's not i'm not trying to pump yoni's tires or anything but he's just it was a kid that clay you know what i'm talking about you just head down ass up work his butt off and and listen to his coach and and I kind of found a special place in my heart. So um, his nickname we gave him was Big Rig. Yeah. Does he still does he still go by that? Uh, sometimes, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's awesome, <laughs> Big Rig. And I, I must say, yeah, he and we all oh, we really enjoyed uh, being coached you with of, by you and and your staff. Uh, it was like a combination of a lot of fun, but yet trying to win at the same time. And and even though. You had your own kid on the team who was, I think, one of the main guys. You still let all the kids play, which I appreciate, you know. Sometimes oh, you see yeah. these guys who coach their own kid. You know, I, I hate that stuff. But uh, with that team, it was all about fun and everybody had a chance to play. And and uh, winning, uh, we won some tournaments and, uh, yeah, lots of fun. That's what it's not complaining. Me, as she played soccer as well, same thing. They, everything's stopped now and school's going to be uh, online. And, but, you know, it is what it is. We just gotta, we'll get through this. It's just uh, one of these things. You know, I'm from Finland. I, I was just, today is the 1st of December. Yesterday, uh, in 1939, Finland was attacked by uh, our neighbor to the east. And, uh, and, you know, the people got through that and was into it right by the border. And uh, grandma had to take two older girls and, and a newborn again on a train and get the hell out of there. And while grandpa was fighting in the front lines. So we got through that. We'll get through this too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? That That's eye-opening kind of the stuff you said. And that's one of the things that I really like about you is you're you wear your heart on your sleeve for your country. Yeah. And and I know we sat around in the spring and had a few beers and, you know, I, any question that I had about some of the crazy stuff that the Finns do, you always were willing to answer the parties you guys do. And, and it was awesome. Um, I know the last eight months has probably uh, hit you a little bit home because I know you had a bit of a health scare there for a while. Can you, can you just bring us up to speed on how you're feeling and kind of what you went through? Oh, yes. Uh, well, I'm feeling great now. Uh, thanks for asking. What happened was uh, in uh, August uh, 2019, I got a, like a really aggressive bacteria in my blood. It somehow got in. I don't know how, like if it was summer hockey shower, you know, hole in the toe or, uh, or a cut somewhere. Or, but, uh, but the bacteria got in and I was started feeling not well at all. And my both shoulders and a knee were hurting like hell. And 
So I went, I went to the, uh, I drove myself to the, to the hospital. I hit the curb three times on the way there. It was a, it was a mistake, but uh, oh, I went in and they took me in and, uh, and they, they checked me out and they found out real quick what it was. And it was a very aggressive, it's kind of like the staff uh, infection, but not exactly that. It was something a little bit different, like a nasty brother of that. And uh, I was in the hospital for almost a month and uh, I got out and uh, I, w I had IV antibiotics for seven weeks. And they also, at the same time, they I had a, operations of both shoulders and, 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 uh, and left me to uh, flush out the bacteria and it was also i had it in my lungs i had it on my in my heart on the on the heart valve which was the the uh, dangerous part but uh yeah, the the the, uh, the medication took it away it took a long time but uh but i got better it i they gave me a walker but i never used it i i thought heck i'm gonna like learn to walk by myself but yeah it was kind of interesting uh, I never had anybody wipe my butt since 1962, but uh, now I, I had to, you know, I had to ask for help while I was there, and it was. Uh, you learned. Sure, you're not from Mill Woods. Pardon? Are you sure you're not from Mill Woods and not? <laughs> but uh, I, I must say, I'm really <laughs> thankful. I, I was at the U of A hospital, and great staff, great people. Like they all had, like they were really everybody's interest was to get me better. And they told me right off the bat, you're going to be a hundred percent. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I got out of there and, uh, and uh, I feel really good nowadays. So it makes you appreciate a lot of things, but, uh, yeah, for they sure, say for that, sure. uh, 40% of people who get it in the heart, like I did, they'll, they die. And I, oh. was, I was probably a week, nine days away from a Finnish funeral. It sounds like fun finished funeral, but I would have been really quiet. <laughs> but uh, not, not, not yet. Anyway, not this time. So, so that was that story. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Oni, I'm you a little bit. Since you came here as a 16-year-old from Finland, what brought you here? Oh, I, I was 19 actually. Oh, 19. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What brought me here? I always, uh, I, I was a huge NHL fan as, as a kid from. Uh, very early teams and and back then there wasn't uh, coverage and people were not following like like I was my I think uh, my buddies kind of thought was a, I was weird following this weird league on the other side of the world and there was like hardly any Finns playing over there yet and and I had relatives in Vancouver and uh, and I met them uh, I was in I, I was in the in the military when I was 18 yeah, everybody has to go. Everybody has to serve over there, and I was in uh, in, in the navy. Oh wow! The half civilian uh, sailing club we called it, but uh, <laughs> it, it got pretty uh, military there too, at times. Um, and uh, my my uh, uh, he was like my, I call him my uncle, but wasn't really my uncle anyway. Who uh, his family immigrated to uh, Vancouver in the night early 1960s, and uh, and they came over and uh, they kind of invited me and. And, uh, and they were in, in, living in Port Coquitlam, BC. So when okay. I was, when I got out of the Navy and let my hair grow and decided never to make my bed again, <laughs> yeah, or touch a gun, <laughs> I uh, I uh, I worked uh, and, and I came over and uh, I was billeted with the Finnish Canadian family and, uh, and I, I tried out. Uh, it was a BC, BC. International Junior League, uh, Port Coquitlam Blues, and. Uh, which was right right there in town, 
walking distance to the rink. So I, I played with them. It was it was really awesome experience and uh, and uh, and I was kind of like living in two worlds. I was with a Finnish Canadian family, like at uh, where I was living in the house, and then I'd go outside. I'd be in Canada basically, and yeah, it was a neat way to. Uh, to uh to learn about this country and i, I fell in love with uh, canada right away and i i always thought i'd come back and uh and one one story i gotta tell these they're they're gone now my uh, billets unfortunately they're not around anymore but uh they told me that uh, when i first got here that yoni you are so lucky to stay with us that the english-speaking people they feed their they feed their kids sometimes macaroni and nothing else no meat so i'm like what the heck like those English-speaking people, what, what the hell is that? No meat. And so every time I whip up uh, the macaroni cheese for my kids, I, I think about my billets. <laughs> uh, you you play a little bit of hockey, you said, here in Port Coquitlam. What was it like comparatively to uh, infinite as opposed to Finnish hockey? A lot different, I suppose. Yeah, it was, I'd say, like my fr- coach was Frank Dagg, who was this tough old guy who, uh, I think he was from Edmonton, actually. And uh, played in the 50s in those all those tough leagues outside of the NHL, and and he had like a million things to teach us, and uh, and uh, like it was really interesting. Like every every practice, there were all these different things that I've never heard of, like all these how you put different position players in different ways, and like left-handed guy here, right-handed guy here, and I played defense, and, and like. He teach me like okay how you get the guys out of the front of the net and where you pass and and when they're hounding you like you play in a smaller rink they it took me a couple of months I got nailed and like every time I got the puck I, <laughs> I learned to look at the lights because somebody nailed me I I was on my back and like okay we're in newest <laughs> but uh, but I kind of learned how to play Pac-Man how to avoid these guys and make a pass and you know took <laughs> and also Pac-Man, I love it. I was uh, I was 165 pounds, believe it or not, and yeah. uh, I remember asking about the fights uh, after like my first practice, and the guys the guys they told me how much do you weigh? I said 165. They said you don't fight in this league. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have that as, as one of my intros on my, on my podcast actually. That how much okay. do you weigh? That's how much bro- Yoni. That's how much Brony, Brody weighs right now. Oh, right Weird. now. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> a little more than that, Rupert. A little bit more. Yeah. So it was a good experience. I, I, uh, we, we went to Seattle to play a team called Seattle Ironmen once in a while. And I, I could feel like this kind of like a Finland, Sweden, this, uh, you know, the, our dear enemies, uh, spirit in those games. You know, like you can't lose to Americans. Like there's no way. Yeah. So, <laughs> you got a crack in that? feeling and uh yoni is that a kraken seattle kraken hat on yes yes i, I you think a, vancouver seattle gonna have a good rivalry you think that'll uh, build oh up? they're gonna have a great rivalry. yeah i think it'll, it'll be, be great awesome. so we'll yeah. see yeah, so yeah. Going up, yoni, who would have been your uh who you looked up to like your idols back in finland hockey wise obviously well i looked up to a finnish a lot of the finnish players early on obviously and we we saw a lot of international hockey so i liked like the nedomanskis and the jan suhis and some of the swedes swedish guys uh leonard svedbergs and and a lot of the finnish guys you may not know well you might know veli ketola or or there was so none of the nhlers you didn't really idolize any of the nhlers 
Yeah, well, I started early, like I said. I started idolizing NHL players early, like Dennis Potvin, Bobby Orr. Always. Bobby Orr was always my biggest hero, and I was lucky enough to meet both of them, actually. And I, I met Dennis Potvin. I told him when I was in high school, I went to the big books, academic bookstore in my hometown of Helsinki after school, <clears throat> and I, I couldn't afford his book, so I just read it. In the, I always went on Friday afternoons. I read his book in the in the bookstore till I was done, and I I couldn't buy. I didn't have any money. <laughs> I told this to Dennis Potvin. He thought that was funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of the NHL players, it'd be remiss if we don't bring up uh, Mr. Puliyarvi. What are your thoughts on uh, where we're actually? If we go back to how he was treated, drafted right out, uh, drafted early by the Oilers, and kind of the first couple years of. Not goodness, if you will. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's one of those things. I, I was at the draft in Buffalo then, and they actually asked me to translate for him when he first got drafted in the Oilers. And uh, they, uh, yeah, it was quite a surprise. I, I, I talked to a lot of, lot of agents and, uh, and scouts over there. And, and uh, like a couple of years before he was drafted, he was like a total phenom, like the best skater they've ever seen, big and everything else. And then a few months before the draft, I started hearing a little bit, people were a little bit wondering about hockey sense. Um, but uh, I, I try not to be too critical of, of young players, you know, like he's 22 now, so now it's a little different. But when you're 18, 19, and, and uh, you know, your, your, um, your, um, and development is not a linear or like a straight line. Every course, yeah. somebody might kind of fall back a little bit and then come back later. And then there's huge pressures on these kids. And uh, but anyway, I overall I thought that uh, he maybe should have stayed back without coming here too. Maybe came here a little too early. Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't uh, uh, mature enough. And and. Uh, I, I know Oilers tried everything they could. Like they did a lot of film. Uh, it just didn't a lot of lot of instruction every day. You know, like uh, they tried to arrange uh, English English tutors for him and everything else. So I'm not blaming any side. It's just one of those things that uh, just didn't uh, did work out. And then when he went back to Finland, I thought at first that he would would have made a mistake. But I think maybe after looking at it afterwards now after like almost a couple of seasons i think maybe it was a good good idea to take a step back and go back to a more comfortable setting and and uh and play a lot and maybe get his confidence back and, and mature a little so it'll be very interesting to see how yes it does when he when he comes back so what do you think now that he's kind of older a little more mature probably a little more comfortable in surroundings do you think he has a better chance of success moving forward here yeah, yeah, but we'll see. Like it's it's hard to uh, hard to see. Like you know, we wish him luck. I, I have to say about yes, Yari, I uh, I hang out with his dad Yari a couple times when he was here, and his dad's like forty years old, <laughs> young guy. Looks like he could play. Oh you know, wow! Uh, and you know, like his dad is really cool. I, I was watching the practice with him, and I asked him, uh, "Are you coming to the room after?" And he said, "No, I don't go to the room." So he's pretty cool. Like Yari Puliyar is not a guy who lives through his son. Like he, I was thinking if if Aiden was in the NHL, I'd go in there. I'd I'd eat their <laughs> I'd go to the lounge and grab a bottle of vodka and put it in my back pocket. And I take 
couple of sticks on my way out. Yeah, absolutely. So would I. I'd be yeah, solid sticks too. Make a few. Really he does none of that. He doesn't even go there. So that's. Uh, I think that's really cool. And do you see him uh, top six forward or top nine type of thing? You think this year? Uh, I think he has to be a top six, but we'll have to see. It's it's hard to hard to say the competition stuff and. Uh, uh, he has to find his own niche to, to be able to play in there. Like, yeah, you bet. Yeah. Well, and I think oh, that's what, and that's a, a lot of people forget, and that just because he looks like he's got a twenty-five-year-old body, I mean, he's still got a eighteen, nineteen-year-old mind, right? A lot of these kids. So yeah. sometimes they take a little bit more time to ripen. And that's okay. To be that fair to okay. him. He wasn't completely healthy when he was here. You know, had his uh, hips, uh, yeah, hip surgeries and stuff. So, yeah, hopefully, I think he's in better shape now in that respect, better health. So that's good. Yeah. So we, the only when when you got here, were you traveling back and forth between Canada and Finland? And were well, I used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to uh, after my uh, hockey year here. I uh, because I couldn't stay. I, there was no way I would have stayed right there and then. And uh, but I, I couldn't stay, so I uh, I used to used to come visit here all the time, and sometimes for longer times. And I visited 26 times. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, every pretty much every year I came over for as long as I could, and I had friends in Kelowna and BC and and here, and and uh, so eventually I, I immigrated in 1997 to uh, move to Vancouver to Fort Coquitlam, my my Canadian hometown, and. Uh, and the, the hometown of Terry Fox, and then I, uh, yep. I, uh, I, uh, I had some friends here who were actually running the uh, Fort Saskatchewan Traders, the Alberta Junior Hockey League team, and so I, I went and I, I was involved with that for a few years when I moved here. But that was really interesting to see how that level of junior hockey works. My friend used to own that team. Oh yeah, <laughs> who's that? Uh, Nolan Kraus, his name was. Oh, that was after. That was after. Yeah, this would have been late nineties, would be a guess. Oh, okay. yeah, sure. yeah, throwing out X mares. Yeah, they know. Yeah. One or so. Okay. What was the GM? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, we we always tried to get kids to get scholarships in the states, and every year, uh, one or two or three or four. Got awesome. So that was really good. Yeah, yeah. We'd host the uh, captains week when they when they come up here to, to see these guys and actually we started a Ameri uh, the Albert Junior Hockey League uh, um, prospects game so these oh, wow. college scouts can can see these kids and yeah it awesome. was really cool really good that's good that's great league I really uh, really like that uh, well I love all, all hockey everywhere yeah, one, one of the best in the country for their oh for sure the level that they play yeah yeah so you, you said you got your citizenship in 2005 yeah talk about yeah. that day and how happy that was for you oh yeah oh you may have heard the story <clears throat> what happened was i uh, i had my uh, i did the uh, i studied hard for the exam and i nailed it <laughs> aced it and then uh, i had the uh, ceremony downtown and uh and uh, then next day i'm i'm involved with uh brent sake i don't do you know guys know saker yeah yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you know, I always say he's the craziest guy I've ever met. 
And coming from me, that that's a compliment. Okay? <laughs> like he he does this, he puts on this game, and uh, so I was involved. I've been involved with all of them so far, and one baseball game. When I was in the hospital, they played the other baseball game, so I couldn't play. But I can't play baseball anyway. But uh, but uh, <laughs> it's not a joke. And uh, so if you look at my Twitter Twitter account, it says retired world record baseball player. It's a total. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so we played the second um, world's longest game the next day uh, of my uh, my citizenship test. So I always said that that was my citizenship test. If you can play ten days of hockey at uh, outside, then you you know you can maybe have a chance to stick around. That's insanity, yeah. Yeah, at the end of the game, there were, I think it was maybe thirteen hundred thousand, thirteen hundred people at the, at this you know in the back boonies at the outdoor rink. There was a lot of people there, and and they announced that uh, my my they asked me you know if i could say anything and i had a little statement that this land of immigrants it's a you know honor to become a citizen and the whole crowd gave me a big uh, big cheer that was so that's canadian uh, welcome right what a, what a way to be welcome to uh absolutely uh, you know like for a newcomer so what so I, I i take it your citizen night because it was prior to the 10 day or the longest game the night was pretty tame what sorry? What? The, when you got your citizenship, I take it that night was pretty tame. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I was just, uh, <laughs> eating spaghetti and sleeping before uh, Lakers games I would die otherwise. <laughs> How were those games? Uh, were they as grueling as as documented? Yeah, it looks easy. You know, it looks easy. A bunch of bums playing. Uh, some <laughs> can play better than others, and but uh, it, it's pretty hard. I think. Uh, you play well it's 11 days now you know you play like three or four hours then you you come out of there and you you have a shower you put your gear up you get some treat get a massage or whatever get something to eat and go go to sleep in a trailer for a couple hours come back and do it all over again you do it for 11 days in a row yeah. so it gets wow. at some point and and even though like it's you know we try to play real hockey but it's not that's hard in, in a way but yeah. uh, on the other hand uh like you can't af avoid injuries like something's gonna happen you're gonna get a puck in the head or or a stick or uh or uh you know the ice ice could be it could be really really cold we had minus 51 celsius one year one night <laughs> or it could be plus five when you're jumping over hoping we don't lose the rink and, and you're sweating and so you we've gone through all these different weathers and they have to Zamboni the ice every hour, and uh, but it's a lot of fun. The people are great. There's like a thousand volunteers, and and I'm really really happy that I had a chance to uh, to uh, be a part of this. Uh, it's it really 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 something. You have to go there to really appreciate the, the spirit. And we, you know, people have donated tons of money, and they bought a lot of machines for the for the cross country. Uh, sorry, cross. Cross Cancer Institute, and uh, mm -hmm. say I think it's helped a lot of people. And uh, in my case, it actually goes back to Port Coquitlam. When I first arrived over here, my teammates told me that they had a. Uh, some of them they went to school with a man named uh, Terry Fox, who actually came just before he passed away. He came to see the team play some summer games. So that's how I was told, uh, and I, I always thought if I if I did anything I could do one day uh in like in terry's memory uh 
I never ever thought that he'd be, become such a big, uh, like the greatest Canadian. I, I hope he'll be on the money. You better get on the five dollar bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, that's kind of been my uh, my uh, uh, inspiration for to be involved with these things. Was Terry Fox? Awesome stuff. Yeah, you get to play hockey, you get world record, but people forget that you guys raise a boatload of money for that. Yeah, it's so over five million dollars. Good on you, man. Good on you and and the rest of the guys that do it. Yeah, Saker is is uh, yeah, like I said, he's crazy. <laughs> I've got a, a a fully automatic loaded question for you. Who 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 do you believe is the greatest all-time Finn hockey player? Oh, wow. I, I was I was emailing proper about this. We uh, got the truth. Yeah, I went. I uh, when the Anaheim Ducks were uh, at a morning skate here once, and uh, and uh, Teemu Selanen was still still uh, touring the NHL. Was, I think he was forty. He was getting to the end, forty-two or forty-three years old, and still, you know, on the power play, and still the guy they send, like they dump the puck in. He's the guy they expect to be the first guy to get it, you know, in his forty. Um, so anyway, I went to the rink and uh, Maddie and, and Speck, Jim Matheson and uh, Mark Specter, the our hockey writers in town here. They uh, they came to me and asked Yoni, who's the best? Uh, is is it Yari Yari Kuri or uh, Teemu Selänen? Which one is the best Finn? And I I couldn't really answer that question, so they called me chicken poop. And uh, <laughs> you can say shit on here. You can say shit. Okay, they called me uh, chicken shit Finn. <laughs> like, Thanks a lot. But I I thought about that a lot. I think uh, well Yari. Yari won five Stanley Cups. Obviously, he uh, he did a like, and he was one of the first guys. And and uh, obviously, he's the first guy to tell you he was lucky to land on a team like that. That was, you know, they found him pretty quick. And it was probably this time of year when they put him together with '99, and and that clicked uh, automatically. And and not only that, like he, when '99 was gone, he was still getting a uh, hundred points a year or whatever it was, and winning another cup. And uh, and uh, so, so I think that's that's really really something. He was a defensive player as well as you know, and did everything uh, right. And, so, so did we get an answer? Is it Yari? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get to that. But with them, <laughs> <laughs> with them, he he came here at the age of 22 because he had a he broke his leg really bad, fibia and tibia. So he stayed another year over there, and because uh, he was pretty much out one year. And wow, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he's had some bad injuries, and then when you look at like he still always had his wheels, like like he had a, the Achilles tendon and all yeah, kinds of. And then yeah. when he was with Colorado, just before the lockout, uh, uh, during the lockout year, he had a, a reconstructive knee surgery, and uh, he had he had a lot of time to uh, get ready. Like he he was saying that if they the season had started in in January, whatever, there's no way he could have come back that year, but he had the whole year off and, and came back and, and the ducks took a chance on this, this washed up old guy with the new knee. <laughs> and, uh, and Brian Burke called it the best million bucks he ever spent. He's got 48 <laughs> goals. <laughs> and, and then he played another seven years. So whatever it was. And uh, yeah. I think that's something that, uh, you know, Temu played at the high level with the total fire inside of him till the age of 43 so <laughs> i'd say i'd say demo i i, I picked demo as a 
Both great. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You said you could say shit. I thought so. you were gonna go. I thought you were gonna go one A one B. No, no, no. I'd say Tamu. Like I'm a huge Yari Kuri fan, awesome. but, uh, yeah. but uh, I. It's interesting with Tamu. Uh, he was on my podcast. I never wanted to ask him, but he's the kind of guy who is good, well for everybody. So when U.S. got a new president four years ago, he went on Twitter and he was, I guess, wasn't thinking how people are not like nowadays. So he went and and tweeted that. Uh, that uh, thank you, President Obama, a great job, uh, so on. And then he goes, the next tweet was, good luck, uh, President Trump, that hope you, you and your staff will make America great again. That's all he meant was yeah, wishing yeah. somebody well. And he gets all this hate and people still go like, oh, well, it's, the Trump mug The Twitter man, sense whatever. he's come off. Oh, we... That's what you get for wishing people well nowadays. You know, <laughs> you, know yeah. you know, I think when you're when you're talking about curry and salani and you know a lot of people are going to go well curry played with gratsky but you you said it best i went the one thing that covid has done for me is they've replayed a lot of those old oiler classic games yes and i've literally instead of just watching the whole game i've started trying to watch like one or two players and i told brody this i didn't even realize like how good of a hockey player Craig McTavish was but then when I look at Yari Curry and you know you had Don Cherry I get it he's a Canadian and he'd get on the thing and he's like we don't want to play like those Finns and those Swedes and all this other stuff <laughs> Yari Curry was sticking guys gloving guys like I didn't notice that growing up as a, as a nine-year-old, 10-year-old kid, right? But now yeah. going back as a, as a guy that's been around the game for, you know, 35-plus years, I watched Yari Curry having to fight for space and gloving a guy in the mouth to get open. Like, it was actually eye-opening, and that's the best part that I've loved. So, like, the narrative that Don Cherry made, and, hey, I'm a Canadian through and through, but – Man, I, I don't see that. When I go back and watch that old stuff, the Europeans were given it just as good as the Canadians or the, the, the Americans, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they had to make their way in, and uh, it wasn't always easy, I'm sure. You know, like, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that comment for sure. Don well, Cherry. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don Cherry, you know what? I uh, my before I built my house, my last landlord's dad was uh, was uh, Frank Rogovin, who played in three different towns with Don Cherry in the fifties, and they were roommates. So I asked yeah. when, I, when I met Don Cherry, I asked, "Do you have any Frank Rogovin stories?" And and uh, Cherry Grapes told me the story. He said that we were in uh, Three Rivers, Quebec, and. Uh, I got into a fight with this guy named Armstrong and I beat him up pretty bad. And uh, then he said that, but after the fight, Frank had, had uh, two stitches in his, on his lip. And I said, who hit you? And, and uh, Frank said, you did. So it turns out that Don Cherry, while he was punching this, this Armstrong, uh, Frank was standing be behind him. So he, got, he said, I got two guys with one punch. <laughs> <laughs> so he... Frank was behind him, so he hit Frank in the face, in the mouth as well. So I, I drove to Frank. Eh? Go ahead, go ahead. Finish. I drove to Frank's house and I, I played the tape where he, he told the story and Frank looked at me and said, that never happened. <laughs> the same thing happened with me and Clay when we were playing. We, me and Clay got called up to a, 
like a, a bounce hockey tournament with a whole bunch of buddies. And we were in the, we made it to the finals. I don't even know how, I don't even think we, we stayed out of the bar for more than 15 minutes and we ended up winning the game. And I go, it's a big winning the game. At the end. We scored the winning goal. We were on the ice. We were yeah, the oldest guy. I get it. But I'm just trying to tell, to relate the Don Cherry story. So Clay goes first. I come in. Clay, I come in to give to get on the, the big dog pile. Clay snaps his head back and smashes me in my nose. And same thing. I'm bleaking all over, blood everywhere. And 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 everybody's like, hey, what happened? I'm like, ah, I was mucking in the corner. I couldn't, I didn't have the heart to say it was actually my own teammate. <laughs> Right. I got a lot of sympathy at the bar that night, though. Champion and a broken nose. It's great. <laughs> hey, I want to bring up uh, one thing about, about the world's longest hockey game. And because y- you're, you're being a little bit too modest because you're one of the fab five. And, and I, I want to know how that started. And, and I want to know you know, how, how you met Brent and all and got involved with that. Oh, um, yeah. What happened was I was buddies with uh, Jan Anima when he was here, the Finn from up north. That was a, that guy was loves a his metal music. Yeah. Yeah. He liked his metal music. And uh, actually, I, I sometimes I, I drove his Jeep to the airport for him. And when I parked it, I, I put the radio on the country channel just to piss him off. But <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, <laughs> so when he gets back to his car or, uh, he had a Liverpool, uh, keychain. He was a huge Liverpool, uh, soccer fan. So we took that off, put a Montreal Canadiens, uh, keychain on it or stuff like that. But, um, so anyway, uh, Brent is the Oilers or was, I'm not sure he still is involved. I guess he is, is the Oilers eye doctor as well. And the Eskimos and, and the trappers and what have you. And so f- somehow, uh, uh, Brent and, and, and Janne, they became good friends. And, uh, and, uh, we were, uh, we were hanging out a few times and, uh, we were out, uh, out, uh, having a, a steak dinner somewhere one night, uh, that, that winter when he played the first game and he was talking that he's going to do this game and that somebody in Red Deer played a 24 hour game and we're going to, you know, raise money. He, he had a rink in his, in his, in his, on his acreage that he built and, uh, and uh, we'd, we'd go there place sometimes. So actually, guys got together there a couple times a week and played and had a few a few beers in the, in the garage, which was kind of like the dressing room. So he was talking about arranging this game. And uh, and he asked, oh, Yoni, do you want to come a referee or something? And I said, no, I want to play. So <laughs> so I signed up and uh, we played. The first game was it ended up being 82 hours because somebody in Montreal had played. 80, 80 hours, I think, and uh, so we played a state a weekend basically, and and no showers or or whatever. We just played. Oh boy! And uh, it was funny. The only advertising he took was, uh, I guess, a free uh, ad in the Shore Park newspaper to look for volunteers and refs, and that was it. But by the time the game wrapped up, there was like everybody was there. There was Hockey Night in Canada. There was CBC. There was, you know, all kinds of news and newspapers the game kind of kind of like erupted and then you know what what happened next you know there's been another five games and and yeah I'm, I'm one of the one of the five guys who uh played all the games at the fab fab five i guess the newspaper <laughs> called us it just happens kind of you just uh 
you every at the end of every game when there's big celebrations and uh, you're hurting like hell and looking forward to a, a nap, uh, uh, you say that to yourself or you actually say to other guys too that this is absolutely my last game. I said that in 2005. Somebody asked, "Are you going to do this again?" I said, "Absolutely never." <laughs> and, and then you and end I, up do it, <coughs> doing yeah. it again and again and again. It, that, that, like, just to think about that, and I don't think a lot of listeners or people out there even understand what you guys go through out there. Like you said before, with the weather and and the elements and lack of sleep and missing your family, it, it, that to do something like that for charity, that that that's incredible. And, and you guys and, and Brent himself, like, well, good on you. And you brought kind of a, a name to the town. And, and that's something people, I think, in this town look for, look forward to every year now, right? Yeah. So kudos to you guys. Yeah, I, I'm going to, so everybody's kind of asking you a little question here, which I like. I want to know, you, you, like you, Esatikinen, I know you have a story or two about him and, and I, I have a story about him, but I want to hear your, one of your stories about him first. Oh, Esa. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Uh, one of my favorite guys He's my, my hometown guy kind of from the same, well, Yari and Esa kind of come from the same area as I do anyways. And uh, um, well, I guess the f- most famous one is, I think Oilers were in Palm Springs, I believe were golfing. Or someplace like that. I think it was Palm Springs, and they were told that uh, Mr. Ford is coming, like with his, with his, whatever you call it, like the people with him, the security and all that. Uh, it was Mr. Gerald Ford, you know, the former U.S. president. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Esa goes up and and chats up with this old guy and asks him about what kind of cars they're gonna have coming up this year. <laughs> I'm not sure if he did that as a joke. <laughs> I'm not sure if he did that as a joke or if he if he really didn't know that this is not, you know, Henry Ford the third or fourth or whatever. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because um, as a kid growing up here, uh, watching those the Oilers play, I mean, you saw him play, and the way he played was kind of the way he was outside of hockey too because I, I met him a couple times I used to work at the Derrick golf club I used to clean oh. clubs in the back shop and yeah. I listen one of my first day or two I was in the back and way back in the back shop like in the corner under cobwebs there was literally a set of golf clubs with it, it was an oilers bag and it was it, it was these ping these pink golf clubs with an Oilers logo on it. And I found out the boys, I was like, whose golf clubs are these? They're like, they're Essas. So I was like, I don't even know if he was a member there or if he just forgot his clubs one year. Because <laughs> I worked there for two years. And I didn't even see him. I, I saw him once. And yeah. the time that I saw him, I'll never forget. Because he came in 242 miles an hour, swearing. Like, I've never even heard swears, and he, he, like, he talks really, really fast, and he says the F word probably every second sentence. <laughs> so, anyways, I'll, I'm going to swear a little bit. Put your kids to bed if you don't want to hear it, but he comes ripping in. He's like, where the fuck are my fucking clubs? And he's just, like, in a Finnish accent, and, and I was scared out of my mind, so I went ripping back and got his clubs. He's like, fuck, did you give these fuckers a fucking clean? And I was like, yeah, I get, this is the best thing ever. So, 
dump him off. It was such a whirlwind. He went out, golfed his round, came back. Honestly, like the night, I was scared shitless because I didn't know what the hell if I was doing anything wrong. He comes <laughs> back in and sat down in the back with us. He brought us some beers and we just sat there and chilled for a while. He was honestly, after that, he was the most amazing person to talk to. But holy crap, man, like he was wound up like a top and just like, where are my clubs? I need my clubs. I didn't even know the guy was even a member there, man, but great guy. But yeah, like you said, that, that story is funny. You brought the golf story in the, that, that with that because. Terrible golf course, Rupert. Terrible golf course. Oh, it was great work in there. There goes our Derek sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I made it when he turned 50 a few years ago, I wrote a story about him to the big newspaper and, uh, and uh, one thing I, I asked, because, you know, he was a pest. He, he tried to, like, get the other team pissed off and go after him and, and get off their game. And but at the same time, he could skate with anybody. He could play really well. But, uh, but, and he was really good in the playoffs. You look at his record, like, in, yep. in, the, in the critical games, he was always there. But, uh, but one thing I, I, I really took notice of that, and I've, I've seen him play, of course, a lot, uh, even though he was a pest, he he pissed people off. He always did that. He never hurt anybody. He never hit anybody in the head. You know, like he's like like some of these shit disturbers nowadays. We could talk about like who yep. just want to hurt you and that way get into you. Like he was like an honest athlete. Like he, of course, if you were by the boards, he he push you over. <laughs> he push you over to the bench or something like that, and and ask uh, you know if you have any sisters or, or something. But. Uh, <laughs> But but he never hurt anybody, and I I, I really appreciate that. Like I, I think that's really cool. Like he could do that job without like you know obviously he got into a few scraps and or people went after him and he had to fight somebody or whatever. But but he didn't uh, uh, like purposely hurt anyone. I, I I thought that was really uh, he was an honest hockey player, you know. Yeah, for sure he was. So uh, shifting gears, uh, Yoni, what, uh, life as a Finnish journalist, what got you into it and how has it treated you since you started? Well, um, yeah, it's, uh, well, in my case, I, I was always, uh, kind of liked writing and telling stories and I never thought I'd do that for, to get paid for it. Uh, when I was in high school, they always read my, uh, read my, uh, essays every week to the class. My Finnish teacher told me that you're going to be an author. I said, no, nah, not a chance. I, I just you know, not a chance to hell with that. And uh, so when I was over here, well, I did a few like little reports for a couple of newspapers here and there. And, and they, in the, like 20 years ago, they started a, a website, like a, what do you call like a nonprofit website over there called Jatkoika, which means overtime. And, and I had been like in, at that time, people were in these discussions on the internet and about the NHL. And I, I was pretty active with that coming from over here and, and they asked me to to start writing there and uh and i did and i got, got like my own column and and then i was hired to the big newspaper uh from there and then some other papers once in a while ask you to do things and and uh so i've done that and uh and also i i'm i'm a friend with uh, these guys who do documentaries so we we've done one on the draft and we tried to do another one actually when there was the, the Jack Hughes uh, Cabo Caco draft, but NHL uh, didn't give us a permission, which, you know, I, I could, you said you could say swear words, but I, I'll just leave it. 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, it's been, uh, I've been very lucky. I, uh, like I was in, uh, I wasn't in the bubble, but I was in the playoffs this summer and this fall. I was there probably for 50 games, a lot, a lot of games and, and uh, reported to the big newspaper a few times. And, uh, and uh, I write a blog for uh, Nordic Bet, who's uh, like a betting company. And, and, uh, and so I'm really lucky. I'm still uh, uh, during these times when a lot of people can't, a lot of newspapers are in a lot of trouble. I, I've been able to, uh, to do some, some things that I like and, and they let me do what I like, kind of what I want, which is really important to me. Like, I don't want to, like somebody else telling me that you have to do this or that, or, you know, have kind of like a total freedom to do, do what I want. So yeah, it's uh, I, the, and the Edmonton Oilers are the PR staff are really, really good, really, really good. They treat, treat the media superb. I, I always tell them like, you guys are not the best in the NHL, you're best in the world. I, I noticed that whenever I go to any other town, it's, it's not like that at all. Like we're, we're really lucky here at the press box, press box and the, the, how they treat us here. And, and for for years, all we did was you know write terrible things about their their organization <laughs> as, a, as a thank you. Actually, <laughs> when I was in uh, in the hospital there uh, a year ago, oops, a year ago, uh, I there was uh, 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 Barry Cates, the uh, the the owner's dad. Uh, he puts on a, a media media golf tournament, and uh, and I was gonna go. Like I, I I don't play golf, but I I said that I'll come. Uh, my my jersey size is double uh, XL, and I'll come for lunch. <laughs> and uh, but I, I so I sent them uh, an email that I'm in the hospital. I, I can't uh, I can't make it to the golf. So they asked me what hospital are you and where you're at. And uh, next thing I know, they sent me uh, one of these like a huge uh, this edible arrangement like with fruit and things. But I was waiting to go to surgery, so I wasn't allowed to eat anything. <laughs> yes. So I. Uh, I had to get my wife to pick it up and somebody else eat it. But yeah, they're, 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 the Oilers are, are really, really good. I'm well, not, oh, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I'm not that saying that to get anything. Like I, they, they're, I don't know if they, you know, I, I tell it to their face too, like they're, and I was really happy that the Oilers were, like they kind of got to run the, uh, the NHL playoffs here too. I think they deserve it, so. Yeah, it was good. I think it was well ran and obviously there was no, positive tests and everyone was yeah. healthy and happy so uh to keep on that though speak of some of the media guys you, you've met along the way uh some of your colleagues um you know we've had like ryan rashog on and bob Stoffer on on our podcast before and and they've been great to me and been great to come on this podcast but is there any other guys that are that are you know mentors and just great colleagues that you've uh, had dealings with yeah i uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of maddie Always, he gets, seems to get in trouble with the Twitter. He people, yeah, <laughs> he says something, and uh, well, he's old school, and I, I think he's really awesome, like a real, real, uh, real like an old school uh, journalist, and he or hockey writer, and he, he gets after the stories, and I, I appreciate. There, there's one one gentleman who retired, Cam Cole. I, yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. I've traveled with him a little bit back in uh, like 2009 finals, and between Detroit and Pittsburgh, and. I, like I said, I don't play golf. I don't understand golf, but I used to uh, read Cam Cole's golf golf articles just because I, I enjoyed the writing. He was so damn good. And he retired. He's playing golf in Kelowna. So, yeah, and I, I used to read... Uh, oh, there's a few few different people from over here, most like NHL writers that I've uh, 
admired over the years, like Red Fisher and all these different uh, different people that I kind of kind of seen them. I seen Red Fisher when he was around still, but I I, I never met him. But but yeah, we're I think we have a really uh, they get a lot of shit in uh, from some of the fans, but I think we have really good media <laughs> here in uh, in Edmonton, like the radio guys and the the print guys and the TV guys and. I think we're lucky that way. That's oh, my how, honest opinion. How many uh, Stanley Cup finals have you covered, uh, Yoni? Um, I'm not sure. A few, maybe about five. I, I, there's, well, a couple here. The ones this year, obviously. And when the Oilers were there, 2006, uh, 2011, Vancouver, uh, the one in LA, Pittsburgh and Detroit. Yeah, it's been a few. Well, more than that, more than any of us have. So no, yeah. how, 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 how awesome was that? What kind of uh, experience was that like? Uh, well, the final is always, uh, always a special, special uh, happening. And it's, uh, it's really, really cool to see. And you see the same teams over and over again. And, and, uh, and then like, I've been on the ice uh, twice after game seven and uh, you know, the losers, they leave real quick and, uh, and the winners like, when you're there and you see, you can feel it like the young people have just realized their life dream. It's really, really, really something to, to, uh, to see. And then, then go talk to these guys. Like, and then they want to get rid of us. So the families can come and party with them. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really something to see. Yeah. You know, seeing, the, seeing their celebrations and, and, uh, after, cause you know, it's a, it's a huge grind and, and, uh, it's way tougher than, uh, some, some, uh, some charity game in the Sakers Acres. Like yeah. you look at the, their list of injuries after it's just, it's just crazy. Like how did these guys finish this thing? And, you know, but they had to, you know, yeah. like Dallas stars this year. And, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a long list of guys on that end of, of, of injuries. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. So um, speak of the uh, Timo Solani retirement, I guess there's a story with your son involved. Uh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was one of his last years, and because there was always that, uh, because he played one year at a time. He he took his time in the summer to announce if he's going to play one more year or not. And uh, so every spring when he the Ducks would come here, there was always that speculation that is is Temu Selena retiring or not. And I think he was forty two or forty three years old and still uh, still traveling around and and. Uh, like I remember, they came here for a morning skate, and that uh, legendary Oilers uh, 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 trainer uh, Sparky Kulchinski came came over to the Ducks room, and him and Temu were were uh, hugging, and they were saying, "Here we are, two old guys, and we'll just come here till they tell us to to get the hell out of here. <laughs> Don't come here anymore." <laughs> and uh, anyway, my my son Aiden, who we talked about earlier, Aiden was maybe five years old, and we had a little TV in the, in the kitchen and he was eating his morning cereal and TSN was on and they were talking about uh, if Temu, Temu was going to retire or not. And, uh, and the ducks were in town that day. And, uh, and uh, Aidan was so little, he didn't understand the word retire. So he looks up to me and he goes, daddy, uh, is Temu selling it tired? Like he was really worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I appreciate he, he, he pronounces the Finnish names like I do, you know, yeah. <laughs> just for me. I appreciate that. And uh, 
even though he doesn't speak much Finnish, but he looks at me and he goes, is Teemu Selänet tired? So I, I, after, I go to the game that night and after the game, I, uh, I told Teemu the story that my son is worried about you. He said, because uh, he doesn't understand the word retire, that he's worried that you're tired. And so Teemu goes, he goes around and he, he as, as usual, he did like 20 interviews and stayed another, you know, 40 minutes. And just before he goes to the bus, he go, go, comes over and he says, yes, tell your son, Teemu Selänen is tired. <laughs> yeah. Then he went away. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he had a great career, obviously, for sure. So it's, uh, he was great for the game. Um, and speak of, we'll kind of shift gears and talk about some current guys uh, in the game. And what do you make of the noise of, of Patrick Laine, you know, this off season here that, you know, there's rumors that he's going to get traded and then things quieted down. Like, where do you stand on him, you know, as a player? And also, do you think he gets moved? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. It's, it's impossible to, to say. Uh, but in my opinion, the, Patrick Laine is, is a very rare uh, talent. He's a, I think he's a Hall of Fame caliber hockey player. And I'm still sure he will be. Um, he's a really, really big guy. So like big guys don't move like, like little guys sometimes. And people say, oh, he's lazy or whatever. That's not true at all. Um, he's six foot five. But, uh, and I always think going back to that Buffalo draft, you know, Oilers had, had the, four, uh, the second pick that year, but lost it in the draft lottery. You know, you can't win the lottery every Saturday. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they, uh, so, so that, uh, the, the Jets got that pick and they picked uh, Patrick. But uh, uh, in my opinion, Patrick Lainen needs to get the hell out of Winnipeg. Oh, wow. I, don't, I don't think it's working out there. I don't think they they play him. That's my opinion. Yeah, they don't yeah. play oh, him. We, we like that. It, I want your opinion. So Yeah, and, and you know people can disagree. That's fine. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on with that team. Uh, I... Uh, I think he needs to get out of there. And uh, if, if he gets moved to the Kraken or the other Hurricanes or wherever, I, uh, I, that would be good for him, I think. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, that's a, yeah, for sure. It kind of caught me off guard. I didn't think you're going to say that, but no, it's, uh, yeah, he, he's had, you know, this up and down kind of yeah. persona and everyone's kind of going at him and they you know it's like always oh, on the fortnight and there's this and that and it's like man like the hardest thing to do in this game that we love and we watch and you make a living off of and we love to talk about it is scoring goals in hockey and he does that the best that anyone and for some reason it just it doesn't seem good enough and you know i i don't think it shouldn't be that hard to get the guy at center i know they got stashney back there and i don't know what that's gonna do if it's a, another year but you know, he just might take that short-term deal and then, like you said, get traded. Yeah, and I think people who call him a one-trick pony, I always say, what's the games? What's the games? See how he comes back. What's his passing? Uh, you know, what's the games? That's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Bob yeah. Stoffer says that all the time. It's like it's different from a bird's-eye view to, to watch it on a TV or – something you got to go to the games to actually get a feel for what the player does right so yeah who's uh, his dad sorry bob Stoffer. he's always oh, he's always said that he's just always it's just kind of and I, I agree with it it's you got so many guys that are just there 
they're there and they can critique and they they, they can scout from the couch of their home and they you know they want to show up to the odd morning skate or whatever and then they want they have a podcast yeah like you know like we try to not be on our end and at least i can speak for myself but you know it's we're a player's podcast but i you know there's well come up with opinions or talk about opinions but i i just think for some reason that i don't get the noise behind him like you know and then like i'm a leaf fan so obviously everyone's trying to compare him to matthews for the longest time right too and and they kind of will still do but you know line a scores goals and you know i think he cares and and oh, yeah. you know, and it's just a, it's a it's a joke to get the flack that he gets but i i agree more and more i think about it yeah he probably needs to get out of winnipeg because they don't seem to appreciate him enough there yeah but yeah. i think winnipeg i think winnipeg if you just said it too is like you they're up and down always like it's like one year they have a team that that could win the cup the next year they didn't make one move and they barely make the playoffs. Right. I I don't, I, that's a team to me that reminds me of like, if I had to compare them to somebody, it's the Oakland A's. (laughs) I I just, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Like to, to to finish on that, like I, I think Kevin Cheveldale gets the wrong. uh, I guess I'm trying to figure out the best way, but he gets, he gets flack for the wrong reasons. Like last year, look at his right side of the, the fence before the season started last year. He had Myers, he had Truba, and he had Bufflin. He didn't know Bufflin was just going to up and retire, you know, and then Truba didn't want to play there because uh, personal and family reasons. So that that there, and then they get rid of Myers. So, you know, if they weren't, if they knew that Bufflin was going to retire, they probably re-signed Tyler Myers. But it's, uh, and I've, and we've said this on podcasts before, and I, I, they've drafted well and they've got fucked over by it because the fucking salary cap in my opinion but uh you know and they were having guys like lucas Saviza and dylan Danello and, and nathan bolio on their defense and that's just you know good players you know dmitry kulikov but they're not top four players defensemen but uh we'll see what happens there but the are you like to kind of stick with some of the players here are you surprised sammy vatanen isn't signed yet yoni I think he's in the same situation as a lot of players right now. That uh, good players, but uh, but uh, it's kind of a, nothing much happening. Uh, and people say that they should, if you get one offer, you should take it. You know, not wait too long. That, but uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm not really surprised. That's we all knew this is kind of what uh, what's going on this year. Yeah, there's a lot of guys out there. So, is there any other players like a you know that out there that you're you think, uh, you know, would there's a player that would be a good fit? Like, where do you think Sammy Vatnin would be a good fit? What team do you think that will? Uh... Oh, well, just about anywhere. I'd say, uh, like, I don't know about the situation with the cap, but uh, but Sammy is one guy who's like he's totally fearless with the puck. Like, he's not a big guy, but he he plays, you know, like he he he's not afraid to make a play or or. Or do something with the puck, and and somebody who's looking for a defenseman like that. I uh, just about any team. I I haven't really thought about what team exactly, but like he was good with the Devils. He was good with the Ducks. He was good with the Canes. If they wanted to keep him, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. What about uh, Sebastian Aho? That like obviously a great player. Um, would you say he's probably the most underrated player in the game right now? I I think people have started to notice like he is 
is all hockey sense. He's so smart. Like he's really, really smart. He's the smartest guy out there. He's like a little bit like Larry Onov used to be. Like he just, uh, he thinks the game at the, at the different level than most people. And, and I think he's, from what I've seen him, like he's matured quickly and he's added on, like he's stronger than he was when he started. And he's not a big guy, but he's big enough. And, and I don't know if he's underrated. I think uh, people, uh, when people always talk about how somebody's underrated, then maybe they're not underrated anymore. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> hey, that's I, certainly a great player, like great player, I think. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to, to say like, thank you so much for coming on. I know there's probably not a lot of uh, Edmontonians that know who you are that's and okay. your story. And, no, no, but, but <laughs> they need to know, they need to know. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Bosco, we can, can, when we uh, do the podcast, can we tag his uh, Twitter handle in, in, in the notes and everything like that? Oh yeah. We'll tell people because, follow. because what, following him on Twitter is probably my top three follows. He'll tweet in, he'll tweet in Finnish in, in Finnish. And then when you hit the translate button, it, 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 like calculates exactly what he's saying and stuff and it kind of makes it a little harder to understand yeah. but it's just the best so i find myself constantly direct messaging him like what the hell are you talking about or what yeah, it are you doesn't saying? make any sense zero <laughs> sense but it's the best it's just the best i want i want i want to wrap this up with one question i yeah the greatest finish hockey moment oh Oh, that's a tough one. Um, geez, I never thought of that. Well, I was going to talk about one more young Finnish player, but anyway. Um, well, go ahead, talk about that, and I'll give you yeah, something to think. Yeah, time to think about one guy. You guys, I'm sure you noticed, not underrated whatsoever. Well, he wasn't where he was before. So I, I saw. I think I saw every game Dallas Stars played here when they were here. They had four guys from back home, and uh, Miro Heiskanen. Mm-hmm. You know, like the yeah. the big media noticed him now when he put up uh, like a point the game in the playoffs which like almost no defenseman has done before you watch that kid play it's like it's like something else like uh i i watched bobby orr's first shift in the nhl in 66 and then then namiro's first shift and and it looks the same oh like that that kid is I'm not saying he's Bobby Orr, but no, no, no. But that, but, that oh yeah, no, I, you are. You I are agree. Bobby I didn't watch Bobby Orr, but look the way quote he's... him, quote him. Well, yeah, that's how oh, that's going to be in the Twitter <laughs> handle. That's a Miro. bold statement, Cotton. But no, no, no. I, I, I know, Miro. I know where Miro you're going with that, this, Yoni. It's, yeah, Miro has that so... sixth sense. Like he'll he'll just take a puck away from the forwards and go the other way, like not nothing. Like there's like that's that's what was, that was you know a snack, and he goes to the other end. Uh, <laughs> he'll show up without. Nobody understanding of where the hell did he come from and score a goal. He'll take over a game. Uh, and, you know, we talked about how in a small rink, they always try to nail the defenseman. He's one guy they never can get. Like he just, he kind of swings, swings around and, and they try to time it so they can hit him. And by the time they hit the boards, he's gone already. Like he, he has all those things and he skates really, really, really fast and, and I think that that could be the best defenseman that uh, ever. He's not very physical defenseman, but he doesn't have to be. Yeah. So Miro Heiskanen is somebody to uh, keep an eye on, and to he's keep gonna an be eye a star, on, like star, star for years to come. 
Yeah, very modest. Future Norris, future Norris. Yeah, I think so. Well, we'll see. There's so many really good other defensemen as well. And oh, it depends on what team you're on and, and stuff. He's but, 21. That's the thing that gets me. He's 21 years old and he plays like that. Yeah. We talked to his go- coach about him and he he's just like, I asked I asked the coach Bones, Rick Bones, that uh, what does he mean to the Dallas Stars? And he, he said one word, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and that's coming from a 65-year-old coach who's coached 2500 games as a mostly as an assistant but still that's nuts yeah so there's one but yeah the fin- greatest finish hockey moment um man that's a there's some great ones the under 18 uh, european championship in 1978 when yari kuri scored winning goal <laughs> i i was in town i was in school i didn't go to my all my friends went to that game i'm like nah i didn't go and i i still uh i saw it on on, on uh youtube you can watch it uh like it wasn't on TV back then. It was on a local TV. So there's one. Uh, there's been. Uh, you must uh, have scoring that that big goal and. Yeah, and there's been world championships that people over there really love. The Olympics, uh, Finland done really well in the Olympics. You know, beating Russia right in front of Putin in uh, Sochi. That's pretty good. Yeah, that like speaking of the war. That, that's the thing I remember is you used to tell me just how absolutely wild the whole country would go when something like that would happen. Like yeah. we're talking about the world championships. Like I don't think a lot of people understand too how big that is over there. Right. It's yeah. it's like their Stanley Cup. Absolutely. And, um, and to win that, it's like, it's like a national freaking holiday. They shut down. Girls are like nude through the streets. It's just nuts. Yeah. And people. They, uh, yeah. Yeah, people go to the Fontaines. That's a Finnish thing to do. They go, uh, and which is crazy when that junior team won a couple of times. They go. It's in the winter. They go. <laughs> people go there and you know, get basically naked. Like that's that's a little. There's no water. There's no water in the Fontaine either. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. There's been a lot of great moments. Uh, a lot of great individual. Uh, that's a tough one. Why did you ask him to ask that? No, I don't know because I'm. Um, I like okay, asking the hard questions. Because I know, because <laughs> I know, I know Canada has you know seventy two series or, or the Olympic uh, Sydney's goal or I think the yeah, seventy two yeah. will. Well, we'll be- we get you back on. You might have to finish that. Uh, that <laughs> so <laughs> when yeah, the season yeah. gets fired yeah. up, you're coming back on. Yeah, be a good hook. So, hey, I gotta ask you, Yoni. You've been to uh, Timo's Steakhouse? In no. Anaheim? No, I haven't. Yeah. No, I, I that's on the on the list. I, I have to go. I was in day. Dana Point. I didn't get a chance to go. A few colleagues went, and they said it was it was good. I mean, obviously, he wasn't there, but it's it Laguna good. Beach. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. we were at Dana Point. I think it's down the road or up the hill, whatever yeah. it was. Petrol uh, Petrol's been there several times. He's so. Oh, Maybe yeah. we'll get we'll get Solani to get a little sponsor plug. Yeah, Demo. Yeah. I had him on my podcast. He was saying, because I asked him, because they won all kinds of foodie awards and the yeah. best wine list, all kinds of stuff. And and he said that they've been like working really hard. They're, they're lucky they haven't had to uh, lay off anybody. Yeah. You know, like this, they, they got the big restrictions in California for sure. That's awesome. So, all yeah. right, well, we'll finish up on that. Yoni, we appreciate you uh, joining the Two Months podcast. Uh, this has been a pleasure. So, well, thanks. Likewise. Yeah. Nice thanks, to uh, Yoni. up with you guys. No, it is. Thank you sure. so we'll much. Definitely link up. Uh, we'll get get you back on when the season starts. Oh, anytime. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Take care.
All, All right, right Uni. Thank you. Cheers, Paul. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.